Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome into this Quotable Monday. Now, each and every Monday, I feature a quote that has inspired me, has changed my life, has made me think, and I use the episode to dive deeper and talk about it and reflect from different perspectives in order to offer you up some new ideas, some things that you can take on in your journey as you move through life. Well, the person that provided me the quote today is not a world shaker, not world famous. She is she is Facebook famous, well, Facebook famous with me. I look forward to her posts. I look forward to her insights. She's always posting something that is from a philosophical bent, and I really appreciate how she makes me think. And what she posted today really touched me. The image or the visual in my mind as I read it was touching, and I wanted to pass it along to you. So this is what Barbara wrote today. Prior to her death, my grandmother gave me her last bit of wisdom. She said, Remember how when you and your husband were extremely successful and everybody wanted to have drinks with you and dine with you, travel? I said, yes, I remember it well. There were dozens. She asked, how many of those people call you or invite you to dinner or come by to see what they could do for you after the bottom fell out? Not too many. Three. There were three, Mama. She said, You're smart. You'll be on top again. Listen close. When you are in your darkest hour, I want you to look around in the darkness and see who is holding a candle for you. Those are your friends. Keep a list. Never forget their names. A day will come when you are able to light a candle for them. This image in my mind that this quote evoked of my friends, your friends, standing in the darkness, lighting a candle to light the way for you. It also called to mind a quote from Buddha, who said a single candle can illuminate the world. And so I'm not sure if you're lucky enough to have had those low experiences to know who your friends are, your true friends, to have someone hold a candle for you. And maybe you've gone through tough times and that person or those people did not seem to be there. Well, they're there. I assure you, if you've moved through the world and touched others in any way whatsoever, there are some that are there for you, waiting in the darkness to light a candle. The question I need to ask, if you experienced no one being there, were you open for someone to be there? Were you open to receive? See, very often... In our own unwillingness to be open to support, we push people away. We're not open to receive, and so the universe cannot send anyone to us. In the spirit of the recent conversations on your circle of friends and reaching out and touching others and and cultivating a circle of influence, I'd like you to look around in your own life. Who do you know? Who have you crossed paths with that could use a friend to light a candle for them. And if the answer isn't readily apparent, begin thinking of the people that you've lost contact with, people that you might work with. 
people tend to stop communicating when there's something going on in their life, something they don't necessarily want to share. If someone's been, you know, sharing right along and suddenly you don't hear from them, it's possible, just possible that they need a friend. They need a kind word. And so you can just reach out with a text. This can be a candle. Was thinking about you this morning, and so I'm just reaching out to check in. From the perspective of intuition, which we talk about a lot on this podcast channel, when someone pops in your head, consider it a call from the universe to reach out. If someone just crosses my mind, I'll get out my phone and I send them a text. You crossed my mind this morning, just checking in to see how you are. Miss you. Love your smile. Invariably, something's going on. I'm so happy you reached out. I was thinking about you. Or, you know, it's been kind of tough and it was nice to get your text. And then I ask a little bit more. Well, if you need to talk, I'm here to listen. Just let me know. And so remember when people are going through a tough time, they don't necessarily want you to fix it. And I think th this, is the, this is the whole crux of the, the message, I guess. Don't be a fair weather friend. And you'll know who are your fair weather friends when the going is tough. When the storm rolls in and your friends leave because they can't weather the storm, they're not your true friends. They might be well-intentioned, but they don't have the grit. They don't have the resilience. They don't have the stamina to be there for you when it matters. It's not their fault. You know, it's, it's just part of their makeup. But you need to recognize the people that do show up, even in the smallest ways. And before you say, I don't have anyone like that in my life, there's no support for me. Well, I don't want you to play a victim here. I want you to take on the perspective I've taken on for years. For years, I've always said, because I'm more aware, because I'm a professional communicator, or, you know, whatever the reason is, because I'm more enlightened, take the ego stance, because I'm more enlightened, it's up to me to be more compassionate for the other person. It's up to me to hold a greater space than they're holding for me. See, when our friends will always let us down in one way or another, and they're only letting down our own expectations. And so if I hold the, the space that I have no expectations for my friends, and however they're showing up is they're doing the best they can with what they know at that time. And so if I have an opportunity, if I can see an opportunity for me to show up, then I like to reach out and just ask, how's it going? So a lot of people get held back because they don't want to get caught up in the drama that's going on in this person's life. I have enough going on in my life to deal with that. Well, I don't want you to take it on. And this is the mistake a lot of people make, is when someone's going through a tough time, maybe there's a death, maybe there's a loss, or some other calamity going on in their life, we think we have to make them feel better. We think we need to fix it. That's the last thing they want you to do. I heard this in a TED Talk, and I'll have to find it. It was a woman, a runner, that was injured in the bombing in the Boston Marathon. There was an explosion, and some shrapnel had, had ripped through her calf and basically amputated her lower leg. It totally transformed her life because she was very active, very outgoing, and this devastated her. And all the friends that were in her life began to fade away. And those that were showing up were saying, I'm so sorry for you. So sorry for you. And they would say something that 
I can imagine how horrible it is for you or how tough it is for you. Can you really? Can you imagine it? Are you going through this? No, it's self-evident. How can you understand? That is one of the worst things. But we want to say, you know, I understand you. This is how you say it. I could never understand what you're going through. It must be tough. How are you holding up? How are you doing? You're asking, how are they doing? When anyone is experiencing a loss or a death, I don't say how sorry I am for your loss. That's the worst thing you can say. Check in with them. Send them a private message. How are you holding up? How are you doing? I can't imagine that kind of loss, if you can. And if you can and you've experienced a similar loss, that's the last thing you want to bring up. And I know you want to, you want to have some kind of, impart some kind of rapport. Like, I, I can kind of understand what you're going through. I went through the same thing. My husband left me or whatever. You know, and then you start telling your story. They don't want to hear your story. They don't want to hear your point of view. They just want to know you care. That's it. They just want to know your care and that, that you're there for listening. How are you holding up? And invariably, people say, it's horrible. It's, it's, it's terrible. And that's when you say, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what you're going through. I can't, it's, it's incomparable. But I want you to know that I'm here for you. Any, is there anything that I can do for you? How can I be for you? And more often than not, people can't think of anything. And occasionally they do. And they don't ask the world of you. And so it's easy to fulfill on. But understand the thing that most people or every most every person on the planet wants to be seen. They want to be validated that they're alive, that someone somewhere out there cares for them, that the world isn't lost, that someone somewhere out there is holding or lighting a candle for them when the time is dark. Another thing that you can do is find a neighbor. Someone is maybe older than you, less capable than you. Go down and knock on their door and say, next Saturday, I have a few hours to spare. Is there anything that I can do for you? Do you need me to cut your lawn, do you cl clean your gutters, or just some odds and ends around the house? Or do you sit and have tea with you? Does that idea scare you? Does it pull you out of your comfort zone? Well, good. I can remember getting a text from my neighbor asking me to check his house. He thinks that the front door might have been left open. And I asked, where are you? He says, I'm in the hospital. I had a heart attack. They came and took me out early this morning while it was dark, and I'm not sure if they closed the door behind me because they carried me out on a stretcher. I said, well, I'll go check. And I, I walked out the front door with my cell phone, and I said, the front door is locked. I'll go check and see if it's locked. And it was. And he said, my roommate must have locked the door. That's good. And then I asked, is anyone with you in the hospital? Anyone visiting? Does anyone know you're there? I said, my, my boys know I'm here, but I told them not to come visit me. I said, well, can you accept visitors? Can you take visitors right now? And he said, yeah, I, I could. I said, I'll be there in about an hour. And so I went. I mean, I moved a couple appointments and I went there and just sat with him, talked with him for about an hour and a half and just sat with him. That was it. I was just present for him. He told me that this was the third heart attack he'd had in the last six months, that his kidneys were failing, his wife had left him. He was not in good shape. And just knowing that someone was there to be a friend and listening, I was the only one that visited him in the first few hours that he was in the hospital. Now, I'm not telling you that, and I'm not saying it to look, look how special I am. It's look how few people care. 
his own family, his own connections, just for someone to show up to hold a candle. It's not as dark as it seems. One of the things that spurs me on, I had told you that I was the executive director of a youth leadership program uh, back in 2010, kind of an interim director. And there was 24 kids that were involved. And during the pandemic, when things were shut down and they limited visitation, one of my kids, she was 28, I think, was in the hospital with liver failure. She ended up dying alone because hospital would not allow visitors. You couldn't visit, which was ridiculous. But we had not been in contact. She just crossed my mind. And I sent a text. I, I reached out and said, you've been on my mind. You're popping in and out quite a bit. And she said, that's so funny. You appeared to me in a dream last night. And you told me that everything was going to be okay. She said, I know that I'm going to die, but I was scared. And you came to me in my dream and was comforting. I said, baby, just text me anytime you want. Call me if you want. Anytime you want to reach out, send me a text. I'll call back or send a response back as soon as I can. She died just a few days later. She and I formed a special bond when we were in Amsterdam. The group was flying back and everyone was boarding. And at the last second, we realized that she had a boarding pass for another flight. Of all the kids, of all the people in our group, she did not get a ticket for this particular flight. We never noticed. And so she's standing there a little panicked, thinking she's going to be left behind in Amsterdam. I said, don't worry. I'll stay behind. If I have to get reticket, we'll go together back to the States. But I'm not leaving you here by yourself. And in a mad dash, she and I went to the ticket desk, and there were five different people working with customers. And I just kind of looked at everyone to find out who was the most appropriate person to work with. And I identified a woman. She was sparkling. She just had a sparkle about her. I knew that was the person I wanted to work with. In fact, a line opened up next to us. There was a vacant spot and someone said, you're next. I said, no, I'm waiting for this woman right here. When it was our turn, Kendra and I got up to the line and talked to the woman, explained our predicament. And she says, well, let me check a few things. And she says, let me do this and do that. And she's like seemingly performing miracles on the other side of the desk. And she said, I freed a seat up for you. She said, there's someone that hasn't checked into the airport yet. They're not here, and it's unlikely that they're going to show up. So I'm just reassigning this seat for you. And if they show up later, they'll have your ticket to go to the next flight. And I looked at her and said, you're the best. Thank you so much. We got our tickets and we were on our way. But that little moment, that little moment of panic and working it all out, bonded us, bonded Kendra and I forever. We always kind of talked about it, and she was always kind of special in my heart. And the thing that touched her is that I was willing to stay behind, miss my flight just to stay with her. I was not going to abandon her. And if you think about people in general, we just want to know that we're not abandoned, that someone somewhere out there is holding a candle for us. And if you're at a point in your life where you need someone to hold a candle for you, consider this podcast episode a candle for you. I'm speaking to you. No matter how dark things seem, you'll get through this. You're stronger than you know. If you need someone to talk to, you can reach out to me. But logistically, it might not work out only because there's other demands on me. But if I can, I will. 
what I'd like you to do to invoke the law of attraction and ask the universe to send you a sign, send you someone to hold a candle for you. It doesn't matter who. It just has to be someone with a smile, someone with a listening ear. Trust that the universe has your back. Someone or something will be presented to you as a sign that the universe is supporting you. And on the flip side of that, if you get the impulse, if you get the urging to move in a direction, to do something, perhaps someone is calling out for you to show up, just to hold a candle for them. Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel DeNovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner-directed as you engage in the epic adventure. (laughs) 